0: This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. Welcome, global leaders, to the Global Reach Leadership Forum with Navy veteran, ecclesial leader, entrepreneur, and author, Dr. Pat. Presenting you with critical leadership perspectives from the minds of former military leaders, now transforming the face of American business as successful entrepreneurs. Get ready to listen, learn, to lead. And now, to enhance your leadership influence on the Global Reach Leadership Forum, here's your host, Dr. Pat.
1: Hello and welcome to the Global Reach Leadership Forum. I'm your host, Dr. Pat. And today we are talking about one of the first leadership principles, and that is empathy. Why is empathy an essential aspect of our lives? Why is empathy essential to the leader to excel in whatever they do? And one of these first leadership principles of empathy is something that most people may take for granted as a lead in organizations. So before our guest comes, my take. You have probably heard it said before. Well, who does not care should not dare? Really? Dare to ask for a hand? Empathy is the humanness that a leader brings to his or her team. It is how he or she resonates with them at their level. See, for the person of faith, there is a famous scriptural passage attributed to the Apostle Paul that says that he had become all things to all men so that he might by all means save some. Now, what does that mean to you? In the same likeness, As a leader, knowing where your team hurts the most and making every effort to connect with them at every level on their level so that you can earn a sense of appreciation for their well-being is invaluable. So what empathy looks like to you is just as clear as what the team looks like to you. If you think the team is stressed and and needs a break, then maybe you are right and should give them a break if you feel the team has gone through a trying period of a tasking and ruthless inspection, for instance, therefore they're not at the peak, well, guess what? Then if you feel that way, the same thing you do, you give them a break and find a way to mitigate the apply and gradually bring them to their top performance. Knowing where your team's strengths and their shortcomings are and, and, and how to excel their strengths is essential to bring a pulse of how best to leverage their expertise, their resilience, their morale. You will be able to get them to be at their best if you take time to understand them, nothing more and nothing less. Therefore, pour into them compassion, pour into them care, Pour into them understanding and their desire for their revival so that they can remain at the top of your game. If you care, they'll know. If you don't, they'll know too. And don't dare ask for a hand. When was the last time you asked, how are you doing? When was the last time did you take the time to listen and to offer direction and perspective? Next time, care, care and ask, how can I help you? How can I help you with that situation? Then and only then will you connect with your team and ask them, how it can be empathetic for them. All right, today we have a guest here, a great friend of ours here. And uh, we have Lieutenant Colonel, his name is Alfranda, we call him Al, but Alfranda Durr, uh, retired Lieutenant Colonel. And um, a little background for, for him, he is currently serves, and I'm looking here to read his bio in case uh, you're wondering. He currently serves as CEO of uh, ALD and Associates, a management consulting firm specializing in inclusive diversity and human capital solutions. I was formerly the diversity program manager responsible to, for the training, compliance, and strategic initiative in the Army National Guard. Equal Opportunity and Diversity Office, and coordinated the implementation of the Army National Guard Diversity and Inclusion Strategic Plan for the Army National Guard Enterprise, consisting of over 350,000 plus personnel. Wow, this is impressive. Yeah, Al retired as a lieutenant colonel, and uh, after 23, 28 years of service, um, he did a lot of diversity management and inclusion strategies and equal opportunity alternative um, affirmative action initiatives. Uh, he also earned DEI certifications from Cornell and Georgetown universities. Uh, he, has, he has numerous leadership experience in diversity and inclusion at the local, state, and national levels. He's lectured in several educational institutions, including University of Washington, Washington State Criminal Justice Training Commission and uh, Lock Haven University. And he's earned a bachelor of science degree in psychology and a master of business administration as well, um, as as well as several certifications in, in several other things. And he's also an adjunct faculty at George Mason University. Welcome to the forum, my good friend, uh, to the global resolution forum how you doing today sir well thank you doctor okay. and first, first and foremost <laughs>
2: let me let you know that um you reading that really made me feel old so, um,
1: no this is yeah. uh this is great this is great oh. well we honored to have you <laughs> well i'm
2: humbled to be here and thank you for the opportunity and i commend you for your efforts to empower and enlighten people um, uh, to the importance of diversity equity inclusion and just the overall sense of how we treat people so my friend i commend you for that. You know, Thank you, your
1: absolutely. Thank you, sir. Yeah, it's an honor to be able to do that. Yes. So today we're going to be talking about empathy and empathy is an important part of any leader's um, leadership. And we, we, we in this form, we talk about first principles of leadership, because most of the time people forget to go back the basics. To say, hey, why am I a leader? What are, what can I do to excel as a leader? And so that's why we examine the first principles in our in our podcast. And today we talk about empathy. And uh, for our topic today, empathy uh, is mis often misunderstood and sometimes even underemphasized, you know, in leadership. So I want to start off by asking you, uh, Al, what is your definition of empathy? You know, from your perspective, your experience as a leader. And how have you practiced or do you demonstrate empathy in the, you know, in the military, maybe in what you do right now as well?
2: Well, you know, um, thank you, doctor. And that's a great question. When we look at empathy, um, I look at empathy as the ability to be able to um, see a person's situation and their their emotional state through their lens in the present time. Uh, as a leader uh, within an organization, you have the uh, opportunity. And with opportunities, I always tell people there comes responsibilities to be able to connect, guide, uh, inspire. Uh, you know, within the military structure, we we really understand that our greatest asset is our people. Mm-hmm. And and one of the what one of the things that we look at is not so much the the position that you have, but it's the person and type of leader that you are. Mm-hmm. Um, empathy is a tool that A lot of people aspire to have, it doesn't come naturally. Sometimes people really have to work at it. Um, I made a living working with leaders who sometimes um, fell a little short on their empathy scale. So um, it was my job working with an equal opportunity or diversity inclusion programs um, to help them better understand um, their responsibility and give them some tools to be more effective uh, with understanding the people that they work with. But simply put, empathy is a powerful tool. Mm that one that validates the importance of people and it also allows for organizations to be um not so much empathetic but understanding um of the requirements that people and the and the challenges that they have to help them overcome that and it's it's really it's really critical in terms of helping them to build resilience so, oh, I so I know I know I said a lot in a little bit of time, but I but I but I hope that um, answered. Yes,
1: you. oh yes, yeah, certainly certainly did. And and the takeaway there for me um, and for our listeners is that empathy is about people first, really seeing where people are coming from from what you're saying, and I think that is so key uh, to to that. And I'm sure you d- you demonstrated that in the military as well as in your uh, private private sector practice as well, because that's that's critical. But uh, you know, I'm wondering how somebody like let's say a buddy entrepreneur or maybe somebody who was transitioning from the service, or maybe just somebody who just says, "Hey, I have a business. I've been doing this for several years." Um, what does empathy look like? So do you think there's a difference a difference between empathy practiced in the military and then empathy practiced in this private sector? Are they the same, or there's a difference?
2: I would say there's no difference. Okay. And here's why. Um, you know people are people. There are those who serve um, and those who choose to serve in uniform and those who also choose to serve their communities and various different um, uh, opportunities and and, um, options in life. You know, from from somebody who's the service person at a restaurant to somebody who's a colonel, I think that empathy needs to reside in all and within that whole continuum. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, when I think about uh, some of the drivers of. Empathy—it um, kind of goes back to each individual circumstance. Yes. Right. So, um, what may be important to me as a soldier may be also important to you as somebody who hasn't had that experience. But my challenges and and my tribulations are are worthy of acknowledgement. Um, and as leaders, both in the military and civilian sector, because even in the military, a lot of military officers supervise civilian personnel. In the Absolutely. army you know, the Army National Guard really would have challenges if we didn't have our civilian brothers and sisters serving with us. So, Mm -hmm. you know, they get to see firsthand some of the things that we do. They don't always experience what we do, but they see what we are are kind of going through. So I would say that, you know, it doesn't really differ, that empathy is something that should be universal and it should not be contained into something as simple as our, our, chosen profession, so to speak.
1: Yeah, oh, that that, that is so true. And I I totally agree with that um, because empathy is empathy as a leader and you have to demonstrate that regardless of where you are and who you're leading. So um, in in essence, how would you say, you know, you expressed empathy when you were active, you know, as, as a soldier, and then how do you express that now in the private sector? Is, is there any unique strategies that you'd say we should implement and maybe you can help us understand what that should look like um, for anybody who wants to practice that?
2: So I think in order to be in a place where people will share their challenges and you can demonstrate empathy, there, there must be trust. Mm, trust. Um, oftentimes wow. that trust is a foundation that I'm not going to tell you that I'm having challenges mm. unless I trust you and believe that you are not there to cause me any harm. So, uh, you know, we look at it from a sense of of engagement, employee engagement, soldier engagement, however you want to frame it. But we look at a sense of psychological safety. As individuals feel like when I come to work, I can be my whole self or my true self. And then there's a sense of psychological meaningfulness that what I do on a daily basis contributes to a greater good. And then the last is psychological availability. Do I have leadership and a position who will come and render me the support that I need to be able to grow? And then once you have that, then you have people who will share with you when they're going through challenges and you can have those honest and candid conversations with people to be able to engage and to be able to demonstrate empathy mm-hmm. uh, without having knowledge of who they are. And, and I can speak to a couple of examples when dealing with um, junior leaders that I've developed. Um, you know, my first conversation with, is, with them is, I'm not here to hurt you. I'm here to help you. Okay. And through time, you will see my level of commitment and hopefully through that time that if you have a child care issue, if you have a family issue, if you have a financial issue, we need to have those conversations. And I can be empathetic and supportive during those times of trouble. Um, I've had a myriad of jobs within the military, one of uh, ranging from sexual assault prevention and response uh, program manager, um, as well as suicide prevention program manager, EEO, diversity, resiliency and so forth. And I can recall a situation where one year I uh, had an individual who uh, came to one of our conferences we held in California and he seemed to need some attention. And I just got a sense. So I would engage him and speak to him and, and kind of try to give him some encouragement. Didn't know much about him because he didn't come from any of directly. any. He wasn't under, directly under my supervision, but something about him said that I just needed to say hello and check in. Um, the following year, fast forward, I see him at another conference in Atlanta and he comes up to me and he gets my attention. He goes, so you probably don't remember me. I said, I vaguely do. But last year I came with the, I, I came to this conference with the intent to kill myself. And because of your words and because of this conference, I'm here. And now I'm serving as someone who is a suicide prevention uh, counselor so I can help others. So when we talk about empathy. Empathy is not only the words that we speak, it's the actions that we show. So uh, not understanding the impact that that simple engagement had on this individual. Um, You know, there were things going on in someone's life. So as you walk down the street and you walk through your hallways of your office building, whether you're in the military or you're a civilian, you know, one of the things as a leader is you need to connect. Hmm. And my whole thing is when I walked down a hallway in my building and I see someone that looks flustered, I open up my notebook and said, I've been looking for you. i got a really important question. And and you can see the level of their frustration on their face. And and they said, sir, what is the question? My question is, how are you doing? Wow, that's profound. Right, and then they mm-hmm. stopped and they said, I'm doing good, sir, what's the question? I said, that was it. <laughs> Right. Like that. that was it. I just wanted like to check in. <laughs> yes. So I think so. So that's one of the ways that we could just show people that we care. You know, there's an old antage and I, and you probably heard it as cliche, but people say um, people don't care how much, you know, until they know how, I mean, much, how you much you care. care. Yes. Right. Yes. And that is a prime
1: definition for empathy. Wow. This is so profound. man. This is what's packed with knowledge and wisdom. Talk about trust first. I'm here to help you and not hurt you. I care. And oh my goodness, people don't know how much you care until they know, you know people don't know how you know how much don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. I mean, this this is some good stuff you give them a minute. I gotta, you know, unload all this stuff. You know, that is so true. But I'm really taken aback about the example you gave because I was gonna ask you for a practical example, is how your words touch somebody mm-hmm. who came to a conference wanting to kill themselves. Yeah, because of your words. And you, what you do, change that. That's remarkable. If anybody's hearing this now, you should really think about that. A leader, a leader should always seek to connect, like uh, Al is saying. Wow, that is that is so profound. And and, and, I, and I hope that people are hearing this because leaders don't take time enough to show that. They might think it's a small thing, but it is a big thing actually taking time out of your notebook, thinking that, you know, you're about to ask a question and then that connection, uh, I, I like that. I like that. So, you know you know what else? So uh, based on what you said, which is really, really profound, what would you say is like um, an advice you would give to somebody who's a buddy entrepreneur, just newly started, you know, business, they got people they're leading and all that. Well, what advice would you give them on how to be empathetic in the organization to be successful?
2: So it goes back to that T word, right? Trust. Mm. And um, trust those who are around you, but be selective who you allow around you. Um, And then listen to the voices. Now, uh, I was teaching a class at the university and I was doing great. I was asking questions and I said, okay, I'm done asking questions, it's your turn to ask me questions. And they have asked me questions about what I hope to be beyond the military, and it wasn't until the very last question that the person asked me, What are your regrets? Mm. And I sat back and I thought about it. And I regretted listening to those voices who told me that I wouldn't or couldn't be anything. Wow. So when you think about that, so I would tell budding entrepreneurs is that the only limitations are the ones that you impose on yourself. True. True. Your belief, your vision, should be enough to carry you if you believe in it, but you have to be able to trust in yourself. And then in the times that you don't, you need to have self-empathy to forgive yourself and keep it moving.
1: Hmm.
2: There are many times that as I began in this venture that I had self-doubt. And it wasn't self-doubt because I couldn't do it, but it was doubt that I looked at other people and saw how fantastic they were and it's like, I'm just a different kind of, I, maybe I'm a different kind of fantastic. Exactly. I'm not like the same fantastic that you have to be. But I mean, but but I really encourage people to have self-empathy. Mm-hmm. And, to, and I really encourage people to seek help. You know, would you, would you surround yourself with people who are constantly telling you that you can't? Mm-hmm. That would be a waste of your time and your energy. And that would leave uh, this world without a gift So I would tell you to surround your people who will fuel your flames, who will encourage you, who will be candid and honest and be able to give you the feedback that you need to thrive and excel in any environment. Oftentimes, when we talk about empathy and we talk about people who want to start entrepreneurial dreams, it's daunting. I'm not going to tell you. There were some days that I sit up and I try to figure out, you know, there's one thing to be a practitioner. And a technician, so to speak, but to be able to understand the whole business thing, not impossible, <laughs> but it's not easy. It's not. It's not easy. So I would tell people to make sure that they understood that. And in terms of empathy, when they deal with people and when they bring them in, you know, it's one thing when you work for an organization and they take all the risk, right? Yes. And then now you bring them in under your belt and it's mm. you're paying their salary. Yes. And there's a different expectation because now you want. 110 percent. Yes. You need to have empathy and say, you know, how do I help you to understand how important this is to me? But equally, how can I make this just as important to you?
1: Wow. That is so important. That, that Thank you for sharing that piece of it. You know, as, as he's saying that, I'm thinking about, you know, those that, you know, um, have gone through some kind of a setback in this in this pandemic era. A lot of businesses have let their people go. And there seems to be a sense of a lack of empathy on the on the part of some leaders. So I'm trying to see if there's a comparison between that and with the military. And and what I want us to talk about here is how do you think that? Um, empathy expressed in the military. If there is any and what does that look like or what did that look like for you? And how that empathy can be expressed in you know, the private sector? I think you kind of alluded to some of those, but is that a comparison? And what does a comparison look like for military and and the, and the private sector, if there is any at all? Well, you know, it's, it's, it's
2: interesting that there's a perception that the military is not as empathetic um, and I can only speak from my experience. Uh, I, I'm not going to. I, I'm. I'm not a position. I've learned a long time ago. Um, you cannot make decisions above your pay grade. Right? Right. Okay. Above your rank. So I True. won't. Do that. But, but from my experience is that the military has done a lot of work um, and working with leaders to be okay. empathic. Uh, and their strategic writings uh, and their leadership development programs. Uh, empathy plays is prominently. It's ex- explained, discussed. And even some of the scenarios and models that people go through. Um, needless to say, that doesn't mean that everybody adheres to it. Um, just like in the private sector and in civilian, um, civilian sector. But uh, empathy is something that again is something that is um uh, developed and and encouraged. encouraged. I think that when the military had an increase of suicides, uh, there was a greater understanding of we have people who are hurting mm-hmm. um, and we have people we've we developed this mantra that we are, you know, hua hua, and we don't stop. Mm-hmm. And now we need to take a pause. Mm-hmm. We need to make sure that our people are OK and their families are OK. So I think that kind of led to a lot of opportunities for us to gain a better understanding of the human dimension mm-hmm. uh, of um, our force mm-hmm. and that um just like anyone else in the private sector the, the the people come to us with their own set of baggage right mm-hmm. some people come with just a gym bag and other people have like seven piece luggage <laughs> set yes and, and and we as leaders need to be able to really help them to facilitate or navigate whatever requirements they may have and you know oftentimes we have just some some generational issues that we have young kids and remember I'm a I'm I'm I'm, I'm a baby boomer and there's a very distinct uh behavioral piece between baby boomers and generation Z's mm-hmm. that we think, and we operate in a whole nother vacuum. And there has to be a place where we can come together and meet absolutely, and be able to, be able to operate.
1: Uh, awesome. So do you think uh diversity, uh, diversity equity and inclusion programs then would be a, an ideal way to do that? Then is that a good recommendation for the private oh, sector?
2: Without a doubt. Look, the okay. bottom line is this, that, that you have to be able to leverage what you got. Mm -hmm. And if all parts aren't talking, um, then you have people operating on different things and the whole system is not connected. If you look at it from a circuitry system, there's a break in the circuit and there's a disconnect. So, you know, the teams that are typically more more engaged and more effective and have greater innovation uh, are those teams that have those conversations, are the teams that sit down and they can have diversity, equity and inclusion. As a as a as a platform or a foundation of how they get things done, right? And 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 where people are valued. So when we talk about empathy, you know, again, it's about the valuing people, Mm -hmm. right? If I value those who work within my organization, if I value uh, their past experience, their skills and abilities, and what they bring to the table, I have a greater opportunity to grow. I can talk about a team um, out of Germany. In the world mm-hmm. cup and mm-hmm. i know a couple maybe about five or six years ago brazil is the dominant soccer team or football if you're yes you know in south america and they went to a number number of different republics in in germany and they put the team together mm-hmm. and they put the team together of different experiences diverse diverse backgrounds and skill sets mm-hmm. and they came to brazil and they rocked the Brazilian soccer team. No disrespect (laughs) to my Brazilian. um, I know. Yeah. But but when you think about that, you think about a group of people who have been uh, put together, nested in one group, and they've been brought up to this system, become the best in the world. Mm -hmm. And then you go and get this collective of different skills and talents and you diversify this team and they, were able to figure out strategically oh we can do this differently we can do this better here's a weakness for them and they just annihilated the mm-hmm. brazilian team and it was amazing so when so so you can look at many sports teams and look at uh many other organizations who are thriving how they look at diversity and inclusion and how they leverage the 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 young talent
1: mm-hmm.
2: so i uh, so so when you speak to diversity inclusion um, as a as a priority for an organization, I would say absolutely. Yes.
1: OK, great. Well, that, that's great, because I, I was going to follow on with the question about how uh, what kind of recommendation you would give to a new entrepreneur on what they can do to implement that kind of thing, diversity, equity, and inclusion, in their business as it grow, so they can emphasize, that's where the empathy comes in. So, is there a recommendation to a buddy entrepreneur on how they can do that? You've alluded to some of those, but are there any others that you want to share? Yeah,
2: the big C word, connect. Connect. Okay, good, good. You didn't connect. mention that. So, so, what I like to do is I like to go and I like to sit down and listen to people. Mm-hmm. I do focus groups. Uh, I yes. asked questions of um, folks, even the folks that I worked with in college. And I said, mm-hmm. what are your biggest challenges? Mm-hmm. Where, where do you find your opportunities? And where do you find those barriers to those opportunities? Mm-hmm. And when I sit down from my business and I ask these young people and middle-aged people questions about, um, you know, here's what I want to do. Mm-hmm. What do you feel like my challenges would be? What do you think my barriers are? And if it were you, how would you overcome it? And it's profound because they give me the answers to the test, right? Yes. But I yes. wouldn't think about some of the things they shared with me. Um, social media was not social platforms was not in my portfolio. Mm. I, 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 I'm not good. At, I don't even. I mean, I still don't have a Twitter account, right? I don't not either. But, uh, <laughs> like, like, what am I doing with that? How is that going to help me? And who am I? Who am I connecting with? And they're telling me, hey, Facebook is for old people. Well, guess what? I'm old. I'm supposed to be. But if you want to broaden that, if you want to touch people, then you have to go into these other platforms. And by the way, we'll help you. Mm-hmm. So I, so I think, I think one of the things you talk about D and I, it's about connecting and it's about not connecting with what's comfortable with you
1: connect with what's uncomfortable. Uh, connect with what's uncomfortable. That is so awesome. Well, uh, our hearers, you know, our listeners, this is it. You've got to listen, find a way to connect with somebody who may be kind of shy or maybe kind of not wanting to connect just take out that notebook, you know, like I did, and say, hey, "I got a question for you," you know, and finding a way to find common ground, to build that empathy, to build that uh, DEI environment that we need to be able to, to to do. So, so as as we head towards the end of our session here, Al, I I want to ask, what what has been your biggest lesson on empathy that you learned either in the military or you know, or as a as a, as a young, entrepreneur, young entrepreneur? How what kind of example do you have as a as a big lesson that you learned on how to be empathetic?
2: So, you know, that's a great question. I have to be careful with this because sometimes <laughs> I, think about, yeah. I think about some of the people who have touched my life and it's just been amazing. And I don't want to get emotional because they still have that profound of an impact on me to this day. And I um, had a leader. Um, Back in Washington State, and he told me where I, where I come from, and he said, um, "Al, you you are dynamic. You are a, a imposing, powerful young man, and you can win whenever you want, but you can't win all the time." Mm. And I'm like, "What does that mean? Mm. I want to win all the time. I want to go undefeated." He said "Look, pick and choose." And when you help people understand that you can't always help everyone, so sometimes. You're going to have to be candid and let them go, but do it with grace and do it with mercy. So uh, I think I've learned the skill to be responsible enough to be candid with you. that. If you are not performing at that level, I'm doing the organization and you a disservice. Wow. So oh, I've learned that grace. Um, and empathy together, uh, when when working with folks is important. So as you, it's okay to be honest as yes. long as you do it with compassion. Yes. As long as you do it with empathy, that if it's not working out, it's not a reflection of us, but it's but it's an opportunity for us to find what we both need to be successful.
1: Wow! Thank you so much for sharing that. You know that that is gonna go home and hit home for somebody who who may be in that situation where you're you're trying to balance between being empathetic and letting somebody go because it's just not performing. And thank you so much for sharing that. We have I, I have learned a lot. You know from you, connect. You know take time out, take a notebook out. You know care. You know, otherwise, nobody cares how much you know, you know, and that, that is so much wealth and wisdom you shared with us today. I'm so grateful for that. So I guess finally, really, uh, is there anything that you'd like the listeners and uh, viewers to know about your organization, how how you're transforming the face of American business uh, with uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion programs? Or your business, anything you'd like us to know before uh, we leave here today?
2: So I guess it's the elevator pitch time, right? So bottom line <laughs> You know, one of the things that we look at is we understand the power of people yes. and the power of change. And, and with those two things together, um, change cannot happen without the people. Mm-hmm. So with um, ALD and Associates, we're a veteran-owned, um, service-disabled-owned business um, located in the Northern Virginia area. And um, our primary focus is to make people and organizations better. Mm-hmm. So um, that's kind of it in a nutshell. We, we focus on human capital. Um leadership development and diversity, equity, and inclusion, and our ultimate goal is to empower and, and to equip people and organizations with the skills to reach their optimum level of performance. So um, with that said, we are here to engage and we want to partner with organizations to help them to reach um, their desired end
1: state. Oh, Thank you so much, Al. You've been so awesome. Tremendous. Well, listeners, you've heard it. You've heard it from Al. And and, and he's a man who's lived the diversity, equity, inclusion life. He's been empathetic in his life as a soldier and also as a businessman and a leader in our economy. So I I encourage you to, to find ways to empathetic. These are fundamental principles that as a leader, you've got to have to grow your success as an entrepreneur, whether you're transitioning from military, you're already in the you're already uh, in private sector or you you've been there forever. This is our time to shine. I encourage you to be a part of this. Thank you so much, Al, for um gracing us with your presence. And I look forward to you know being able to provide more insights to our leaders. Remember to lead the change. Thank you, everybody, and stay blessed. Bye-bye.
0: Well, Global Leaders, thank you for listening to this episode of the Global Reach Leadership Forum. If you have learned something today, please like us on Facebook. Visit our website at www.globalreachleaders.com to leave a comment or a question and share this episode with others. Until next week, remember to lead the change.